This is Mission.org. Right now, people are still measuring the last click and give all the credit to Google when in fact, you have been advertising to this human being for the past three months, maybe six months. All you think is that last ad actually produced them to really take action. Not at all. It doesn't happen that way. Before customers click that buy button, they've been exposed to your brand time and time again. Maybe they saw your ad on social media or read a branded article in a publication or heard a call to action from their favorite podcaster. Or more than likely, they saw, read, or heard all of these things more times than once. This is your company's customer journey. And this journey is constantly changing depending on how and where your customers engage with your brand. This journey is different for every customer and with every new channel interaction, it becomes increasingly more complicated to track. How do you correctly attribute three months, six months, a year's worth of marketing efforts? Joining me to help answer this question is Acuity Ads Chief Strategy Officer, Siraj Barwani. Today, he shares what brands need to know to create a seamless customer journey, including the metrics that really matter when tracking that journey. He also talks about the necessity of sandboxes for marketers to safely experiment with new campaigns, drops some hints on how to capture zero-party data, and tells us the very first question you need to ask yourself before pursuing a presence on emerging channels like the metaverse, NFTs, or Web3. Siraj is a veteran in the field, and it was an absolute honor to get to hear his takes on pursuing some really interesting subjects. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. I'm your host, Jeremy Bergeron, and you're listening to Marketing Trends. Let's get into it. What are you most excited to talk about? So I would say that, you know, the, the context of where I am these days and what I've been noticing in marketing over the years, I mean, in the marketing field for over a quarter century now. And so I've seen a variety of different kinds of problems. And most of my work has been in the digital environment. So I've been in this field since the onset of the commercial internet. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen a variety of different types of problems that marketers are faced with and so forth. You know, some they have addressed quite well and some they're still struggling with. But if you look at it marketing broadly, what is really fundamentally missing in marketing is the existence of sandboxes. So what I mean by that is the ability to discover, have discovery platforms which allow you to do what Peter Senge 30 years ago talked about at MIT. He was a professor of mine, my advisor, of the world is interconnected. Anything we do has repercussions and consequences. And as the executive in a company, Regardless of what you are responsible for, you need to understand that there is an element of that interdependency. 
And in marketing is the one place where I'm noticing there are so many different programs and initiatives and so forth that are happening in all the different places. But the CMO or the chief growth officer never really gets to experiment with all of that and see how the things are connected. And I'm telling you, Jeremy, if you ever get an opportunity, one of the best places to go to is MIT's System Dynamics Laboratories, where the managers actually come, senior leaders come there and and see how industries and value chains and supply chains interconnected where you're doing one thing and you have never even anticipated what the consequence of that will be all the way down into the chain somewhere, right? And I think marketing leaders need more and more of those discovery systems, systems where they can discover and learn and experiment. I mean, seriously, these days we take big bets. We're placing big bets on all these investments are being made. But it is hard to know if those things are all going to go the way you think, the way you imagine it's going to go. And any little bit you can help to get some degree of predictability and some learning ahead of time would go a long way in marketing. And that's really what I am most passionate about in bringing to the marketplace. Hmm. I was going to ask you what you were betting, like what is some of the things you're betting on? Like what are you kind of most excited about for the future? You've seen many trends. You've seen lots of technology plays. I mean, you're in an interesting position in your realm at Acuity Ads, which you all want to talk about. But what are you kind of most excited about and what are you betting on for Acuity Ads or just for the industry that you're serving? So I would say that all of this is coming together in a very interesting way. Multiple forces are converging. So as much as we are all concerned about COVID and what it does and the risks associated with it and the casualties we have taken from this thing. I must tell you, I'm a big believer in change that is triggered by catalysts. Human societies, organizations, families need catalysts for change. And one of the positive aspects of what came out of COVID over the past two years, two and a half years, is it has really forced all of us to rethink our work and our private lives. It's forced organizations to rethink fundamentally how they serve the consumers, the communities, and the nation. And there is so much opportunity now to really rethink everything we do and bring transformation across the board. And I would say that therein lies the rediscovery So this theme of discovery and rediscovery is going to be bringing, I will be bringing that up over and over again, which is it is time to rediscover everything. And you need platforms and tools that allow you to do that. And I think that's what what we are about, frankly, where I am at right now. If you look at it, you know, I've been building up my contribution out there or my engagement out there in pieces. I mean, you can see the evolution in that 25 years as to how far we've actually come from one-off executions, bets on engagements and campaigns that we run, huge, massive viral videos being created and measured and impact being created in, you know, across social media and so forth. Then getting into programmatic and getting everything done electronically with electronic transactions with hundreds of billions of transactions being transacted with every single transaction happening in under 50 milliseconds to where we can now go to really a systems thinking. 
simulation environments within which you can test it all out electronically within milliseconds, how consumers react, how they interact, what outcomes you actually get, what's the impact of one thing you do down you know, five stages later. All of this stuff has had to come together over time. This wasn't an overnight thing. It's taken years and years and years to get here. And so I'm quite, I'm quite excited, frankly. I personally believe that CMOs and marketing teams really have an amazing opportunity and they need that right now to experiment and discover. Really, this is the time when so much has changed. The consumer behavior has changed significantly. Everything is in a rethinking process that this is the time they need to rediscover exactly how marketing can make a difference in the society, even in the companies and so forth. Tell us how Acuity Ads is helping brands and maybe tell us a story or give us an example of, of, of how, you know, the, the power of Acuity Ads and what it's done for visibility and growth. So I would say that you can take it in a microcosm and I can talk about like a case study and interaction with one of the, the executives and the CMOs that I've been working with in the uh, health insurance provider. The reason this is so top of mind for me is because the chief executive in the marketing environment from that company was on stage with me at the CMO summit last week. And so we had a nice 45 minute conversation on stage. And this was the topic of what this company, essentially it's the Blue Shield of California, that's developed a whole new platform for wellness and empowerment for the consumers who are currently enrolled with the Blue Shield of California. And what this is all about is for years, you know, the government, the industry, the consumers, everyone's been worried about huge healthcare costs and the cost burden on the society of that, right? But we also know with repeated studies that has been, have been done over the past two decades that the solution in many cases is consumers taking responsibility for their own well-being. And they want that level of empowerment. And so what the Blue Shield came up with is this platform called Wellvolution that they launched about a year and a half ago, which is where people with, you know, that are pre-diabetic or people who are concerned with, you know, weight gain or people who are concerned with, you know, smoking cessation and other things, you know, or mental health, they can now actually sign up for with this platform and get regular guidance for this thing. But as you know, Jeremy, how hard it is for any of us to make a commitment to change, to change ourselves, you know, for a behavior and the lifestyle change, right? And so what is required is for the company like Blue Shield that's offering that to provide a lot of guidance and encouragement and empathy and all of that stuff that's required, right? And it's not something that happens on first interaction or first exposure. And what we are doing with the Lumen, which is our journey discovery platform, is working with Wellvolution to figure out what is the right way to provide guidance? What is that journey? And the way the executive from Blue Shield you know, talked about it on stage after the work we've done with them for the past year is the first time they found out that the journey from the first time you reach somebody to the time they actually officially register and enroll into a program and make a commitment to take care of itself is 43 days. It's very interesting, right? Never have marketers, at least in that company, known exactly how long that journey is and how long it takes for somebody to think through, decide. And it's a guided approach from making them aware that something exists to the time when they can actually learn and get educated about what it can do for them. 
and then the supporting mechanisms that go with it that will guide them to really take care of it and be responsible for it in their own way. And I think this is fabulous. I'm telling you, this is the kind of stuff that makes me so proud because <laughs> I want to feel good about what we are doing in the society. Are we making a difference in people's lives? And this is a great example of the way we are partnered with a company out there that's doing some fabulous work, but needs this little connective tissue in the way to really connect with the, with the users and the audience and support them to get them to the place, even though the incentives are completely aligned. They've proved with history that when somebody signs up for this kind of a platform, the, the payout costs in terms of cost of insurance goes down by between 20 and 30%. Mm. Consumers love to take responsibility for their own thing because now they know that they won't have to wait for some big precipitous event when something bad happens to them. So they are taking care of themselves. So that's another value thing. And then the government benefits and so forth. There's a lot of things here, productivity savings that go. But the way we have created this whole journey discovery platform is an amazing, insightful platform that helps the people at Blue Shield of California figure out what are the right ways to communicate and guide the users. So, you know, you've been tracking behavior for over 20 years. Certainly there's been some insights and things you've learned. Are any surprises in the past couple of years as the world's changed quite, you know, drastically and many businesses have had to pivot and shift? And it seems like customers have, you know, they're in some ways more fragmented. They're looking for connections in new ways. They're you know, the behavior could be very different now, depending on what industry you're, you're talking of. But generally speaking, what have you noticed any shifts, if any, in the way behavior has changed or been modified in the past couple of years? I would say that behavior changes go hand in hand with expectations for the consumer as well. What is different now than what it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, is fundamentally all of us are walking around with the most powerful processor and the fastest speed machine and a computing device in our hands all the time. And what we are also seeing at the same time is all the things that you can do or should be able to do, which is sort of where we stretch our imagination is, why can't I do this or why can't I do that? And I think the day first click checkout was introduced by Amazon, the day free shipping was offered to people, all of a sudden, we were all influenced by the fact it's like, oh, why not? Everybody should do that, right? And so like a whole new standard gets set and now we want to be able to do all of that thing. Tesla introduces a whole new form of car shopping experience, which is challenging just about every other automaker in terms of the way you should really provide seamless interactions and so forth, right? And that's really it. What consumers want is more empowerment. They want to be able to do things in their own way and be able to accomplish it quick and fast. And we as companies and brands need to be able to deliver that in the most seamless way, fastest way possible, and be able to make it immediately relevant, addressing their most busy lifestyles that they have right now. That's really it. Yeah. If you ask this question inside of all of these lines of business, you just think, how can we make it more seamless, right? How can we make this more seamless? I think if you start asking those questions and you see brands, like you said, Tesla and others kind of catching up to them where the experience becomes 
fun and unique and engaging and people want to do it again. They talk about it because it's so opposite of what's been done for, for years and years. So absolutely. Jeremy, my first question with any client I work with these days, and you will notice I picked that up even on stage, is I ask them one question. Where is the most friction with your brand? That's such a great question which we go to attack to make it more seamless, solve that mm. problem. It's essentially solve the hard problem, which is what irritating the people, because you might be doing everything right, but if that one thing is not right, it will be noticed by the consumer. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and thinking about the customer journey, what do brands most often get wrong? I mean, what mistakes do you see most often made? So, you know, in the journey, there are a variety of touch points, right? So from the point you first reach the consumer and you are reaching consumers in different time frames, and the journey really is essentially the consumer's mental state. It's a metaphor, right? And so where are they? Do they know you? Do they know about your brand? Are they aware of your brand? Do they know what difference you make? Are they educated about your contribution and what value you deliver and so forth? And from there onward, is it something that you want to be associated with? Do you want to be associated? Do you want to have ownership of that brand? You know, when you buy a vehicle or you buy a mattress or you buy anything, right? A shampoo, essentially you are bringing that brand home and you have to ask the question, do I want to be associated with that? And especially things that are visible is more about, they are part and parcel of you. They are communicating who you are, right? And so that's a whole different stage. And then there is a stage when you are essentially going as far as advocating for that brand to your friends, family, everybody else, right? So there are so many stages in that journey and I would say that the parts of the journey that appear to be the most fragmented is when you know the least about them. And that part of it is before that person is part of your information database. If I don't know you and you are not in my database, well, you are an unknown entity. I have no clue. I don't even know whether you are in market for anything that I have to offer, you know? And so I think it's the front end of that journey before you become part of the customer's internal file. That's where the biggest unknowns are. And that's the part we are trying to solve for, which is determining whether you are in market, you've visited, you've seen, you signed up for the app or whatever it is, and therefore you are a known entity and I can do something for you. Or you are so out of market, you've never known us, and therefore what should I be telling you? There is a huge distinction in that staging process and what goes on after that. And there is a lot of issues there, lots of inefficiencies there. And of course, those challenges have to be addressed in one form or the other, which is the reason why everybody's trying to go after first party data. I had a similar experience with Dunkin' Donuts. Ah, I mean, these guys, amazing. Their app and the reward program is built right in. So it's so easy. You can advance order, come in, pick it up, all of that. So I would say I'm very encouraged that brands are beginning to understand the touch points, interactions, where they need to be really frictionless, as I was pointing out, right? But you're noticing 
that they are able to do so many things once they have that first party relationship with you, right? But remember what I pointed out earlier, before you get there though, that's a tough ride. Before you get into that data data frame within the database or whatever they have, the CRM file, right? There's a lot of unknown about you. And where Acuity plays the role with Illumin is really in that zone, which is before they have become part of your file, because there is so much persistence that is necessary carrying and guiding to make sure that this is the brand you want to associate with. Love it. It's great. What metrics do you think are most vital when tracking the customer journey? Like, which do you think are, are more distractions? Do you have any kind of radical opinions that maybe other people would disagree with you on? But what metrics do you think are the most vital when it comes to tracking customer journeys? So I would say that, you know, you will see a lot of discussion out there in the trade press these days, whether it's advertising or marketing or marketing automation, any of that. This idea of the full journey marketing or full funnel execution and things like that. I think that where people are missing the point completely is the point of journey execution is about insights and attribution. Two topics which simply aren't sufficiently addressed. Because what people are focused on is like, okay, I want to be able to get to all the different channels. I want to be able to stage and never deliver the ads or communication or messages, right? In one form or the other. But the bigger things to learn is what are the consumers reacting to? Did the messages that I deliver three days earlier, two weeks earlier, three months earlier have any impact or any movement on the person's behavior when they were ultimately in the market to buy something. Jeremy, you're not going to believe. After 100 years of advertising, most marketers still do not know what is the value of awareness advertising, engagement advertising, to the bottom end of the performance advertising where somebody actually makes a purchase huge disconnect. And it is hard to prove. I'm not saying it's an easy problem to fix, but that's the problem to be fixed. That's the problem to be solved. If we're going to really solve, solve the hard problem, which is the attribution of all the messages you sent before. Right now, people are still measuring the last click and give all the credit to Google when in fact, you have been advertising to this human being for the past three months, maybe six months. Mm-hmm. But all you think is that last ad actually produced them to really take action. Not at all. It doesn't happen that way. <laughs> mm. Are you finding any ways that this is being done in the way you said, like measuring attribution in that way? Are you, are, is there any, what are you seeing? Absolutely. Yes. I think, I think that the way to solve this problem, and I'm not saying that this is just done deal, <laughs> It's one of those things that you must set the problem up in a way that makes it conducive for that line of attribution that you need to do. The way we are doing it is we are creating what we call the connected journey. We are, in fact, staging it in the sandbox. Remember what I was telling you, the whole Mm -hmm. discovery sandbox? Okay, we stage it as a hypothetical based on the research that we have about how the consumers normally behave, whether they are in market or out of market. And we stage them with different messages over time. 
And we even reorder the messages across the different channels and begin to see if there is material impact on what they saw three steps before, five steps before into when they finally did something, which is they signed up for something, they enrolled for something, all of those things that I was telling you, even in the Blue Shield case earlier. That's essentially the idea. It's like, is there an attribution of earlier messages into how people take action down the road, you know, 40 days later, 50 days later, what have you. If you set it up that way, there's a good chance that you will have the ability to establish that attribution. But remember now, why has this been so hard? Remember where we started this conversation? Marketing execution is siloed. Siloed so far is not just the marketing departments have split up functionality of equity and awareness marketing to engagement marketing to social marketing to performance and lower funnel marketing. These are different departments. They even go as far as they engage independent different agencies to go do those things. Essentially, you've created a problem for yourself by doing that because you've created siloed supply chains of their own, which is very, very hard to make them meet again at some point. Mm. I'm curious to know what Acuity Ads is doing to play in the space of like metaverse, NFTs, Web3, you know, technology is changing and how consumers engage with these brands is also changing rapidly. So as you think about these kind of new forms of entertainment and interaction, metaverse, NFTs, Web3, et cetera, what, what is Acuity Ads doing to play in these spaces? So I would say that, you know, <laughs> We are in a very embryonic stages of this medium, by the way. Mm -hmm. As much buzz as we see around these topics about the Web3 and the metaverse, uh, it would seem to uh, a casual observer, you know, who's watching it from a distance that somehow everything has arrived and it's all there and it's for me to immediately engage. None of the components of the Web3 are either convenient or fast enough to engage for the masses. You need to be in it. You have to be in the game, so to speak, literally. If you are into the big online and multiplayer and video games and those, you have some understanding of what immersive environments are like. And now you have to stretch your imagination and be able to do all those things and jump the hoops and go through crypto exchanges or whatever else and so forth. It's just crazy, right? Mm. So I will answer your question about what we are doing, but I would say the question that our clients first need to answer is why do they need to be there? If a brand can answer, here is why I need to be there, the rest is easy. Not saying that it's going to be a piece of cake. It's still work and you have to continue to figure out what the execution environment is going to be for you and all that and how you add value. I'll give you a very simple example, Jeremy. In 1995, when I first approached L.L. Bean, the brand in Freeport, Maine, right? I went there to meet with Leon Gorman, the then CEO and chairman of the company. And I presented to him the argument about, you know, why the commercial internet would be great because at the time, all L.L. Bean did was catalog marketing. They ship catalog to you and you can call mm -hmm. and order. Yep. And they got stuff delivered, right? And so I'm telling him, it's a highly engaging environment. You could engage the people and so on and so forth. You could connect to the park system and people could review which parks to go to and all of that stuff. And I'm going on and on and on. 
And Leon Gorman stops me in my tracks and says, Siraj, I can give you the reason why we don't need to be there. You don't need to convince me. The reason I want to be there is because my customer file is getting really old. I need to go to the younger consumer and that's the only way I can get to because that's where all the young people are right now. Okay, and once I knew that, 15 iterations later, compare that to the launch of the LL Bean website. On, it was on the cover page of USA Today, believe it or not, right? 15 iterations later with e-commerce and merchandising and all of this stuff, last year's annual report on LL Bean showed over 60% of their sales come through their e-commerce web platform, right? Why am I saying this? On the metaverse, a brand needs to know why they're going there. Are they going there because the youngest, most youngest consumers are actually there and playing around and they are the ones who are the, the guys who are immersed into that and spend most of their life or days into this thing? Well, sure, for a brand like Nike that wants to relate with that consumer, they got all kinds of exciting things they could be doing. They could be launching some of their most imaginative products and the sneakers and whatnot to play some of the most bizarre games and styles and whatnot with you know merchandise of one sort or the other, whether it's electronic merchandise and NFTs or anything else. But what's there for a shampoo company? I don't know. Maybe there is something exciting there, but they need to find their reason to be there. If the audience is there and it's engaged, and they need, as far as we are concerned, look, we are about experimenting with everything. We're about discovery. And the metaverse is just as much part of the human journey as an augmented reality, reality experience or a physical world experience or any other experience, right? For us, it's about the journey. Wherever the journey takes you, whatever environment it takes you in, we are ready to help you in experiment and discover what people do and how they want to interact with you. Mm. You wrote, focus on value, and you will find many ways to collect zero-party data. Absolutely. That users are going to, they're going to willingly provide to make their lives more convenient and enjoyable, your quote. Yes. With less cookies and less tracking available, how do you recommend brands collect this zero-party data and create that value? Jeremy, there couldn't have been a better time for me. Uh, there, it was just an amazing coincidence here. First of all, zero-party data and collecting that at scale is not easy, but brands are going to have to experiment and figure out different, you know, new and touch points, you know, existing touch points that they have with the consumers to figure out how they can develop that relationship where people have a reason to want to give them the data. That's what zero-party means. I voluntarily give you the data. So let me give you a simple example. I was at the CVS for my second booster shot just last weekend. Okay. It was interesting. About a week ago, I reached out to them digitally online, you know, and uh, they asked me a bunch of questions and I qualified. They said, I qualify to get the booster shot. Here's the schedule. Here's the day. Here's the time. Boom, done. They followed up with a reminder message with a text to me saying, this is the date you should remember so and so forth. And then they did it a couple more times during the week. And then on Saturday, when I had my actual appointment, an hour ago, they reached out and said, 15 minutes before, as you enter the store, you might click on this particular app right here to let the pharmacist know that you are in the store. Excellent. I went and did that. Just as I walked to the counter, the woman recognized me, asked me for my vaccination card, walked me into the booth, and I got my shot. And within three minutes, 
I had my vaccination record from CVS right into the app that I had signed up for. Not only that, with that app in there, it also recommended certain other things I could be doing given where I am at and what I've qualified for and the shot that I have taken and what I should be aware of. And that I can use this as evidence because I travel frequently so that in the app, I have it available to show it, right? Okay, you see what's going on here. Mm -hmm. In the healthcare environment with all the HIPAA regulations on data collection and first party and all of that stuff, there are amazing limitations and restrictions. But what CVS has on me, I gave it to them voluntarily because they immediately found ways to help me. Yep. That's an exchange. That's a value exchange that I truly appreciate. And as a matter of fact, I am, I am convinced that the CVS Health Hub, which is being experimented across the nation by CVS, mm -hmm. is going to have a key role for the consumer's healthcare journey in the future. This is an example. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I actually just interacted with the Health Hub. Recently, I took a trip to Mexico and, and had to get tested prior to going. And it, it was such a great interaction with CVS. Scheduling, data, showing up, specific instructions, just ease of use the entire time, which I was very happy with. And they sent me a link to the Health Hub, which I could see the capability of this. I think you're right, it's gonna be huge. But that's a job well done on CVS's part. I mean, in terms of doubling down on the customer experience, really investing in making this a really good experience for everyone that interacts with us. And, and I, they're doing a great job. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. This has been an amazing conversation. Siraj, thank you so much for being here. Of course, of course. Are you ready for the Salesforce lightning round? Yes. Okay, here we go. All right, the lights dim, boom. This podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Salesforce. Uh, Salesforce, when you think about discovering marketing that's built on the world's number one CRM, think salesforce.com forward slash marketing. Thank you, Salesforce. All right, Siraj Barwani from Acuity Ads, Chief Strategy Officer. First question in the lightning round is, what are you betting on for the future? So my bet is definitely on journey discovery. That's what I believe is going to be the thing for marketers going forward. Okay. They need to learn, they need to experiment. They need to understand the connected journey element because whatever they do to the consumer once, twice, thrice, whatever the interactions happen, they have repercussions and consequences and they need greater predictability. And the only way they can have it is by experimenting with it in a platform that allows them to discover. Do you have any thoughts on Elon Musk attempting to join Twitter's board of directors? Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elon has so many other things that he could be doing that Twitter is the last place that he needs to be in, okay? Having said that, Twitter needs a way for somebody to challenge what they have been doing and how they can make the most of that amazing real-time platform. There isn't anything comparable to that right now. It's a very unique real-time news and communications platform. And I'm telling you, it is under monetized at this point. And there is a significant amount of value that Twitter can generate for the users. And if there is somebody like Elon who can come there and get them to do something more than what they have been doing, more power to him. Mm. What impresses you? Um, anything that is very hard to do in general, 
that somebody takes responsibility for and carries it all the way through to execution is the most impressive thing there is. What is success for you? Success for me is productive outcomes. That's really what I'm driven by in general. Anything I do, I am extremely value focused in any interactions that I do. And I will tell you generally, that really comes from being in the, I would say, service side of the equation in the marketing business. Almost every moment is valuable for me because that's what clients really value the most. And for me, it's like, okay, why am I here? And what's the purpose of this conversation? Mm. And what needs to come out of this discussion? I'm extremely focused on that part of it. And I'm telling you, yeah, I will give credit to American Express, by the way. They used to be my largest client at Digitas. I would get calls any day of the week to come and meet one of the senior executives in any part of their 11 business units. And my job was to whisper something in their ears that would be something they had never heard before hmm. and something that would be of such tremendous value and newness that that will focus them on something they could advance the business. That was all they expected from me. And I became extremely, you know, uh, cognizant of that valuable time and interaction I had with people there that I needed to make the most of that interaction and the opportunity I had. Hmm. So anyway, that really comes from being, and that's why I recommend people that they should always do at least something as a consulting stint or sorts, mm -hmm. and they'll immediately figure out the value is all in you become very conscious of like every interaction that happened. That's great. Um, what is your favorite app on your iPhone or Android? I would say Uber is my Uber. favorite in the sense that it is the most frequently used app, given how much traveling I do. Okay. Uh, it really is. And it has made a difference in my life. No question. I hate to drive. I always hated driving. And ever since the Uber has been on my app, frankly, it's been a godsend for me. No question. Okay. What's a skill you believe everyone should have? I would say there are two skills that not only that I believe, but that's valued across the board in everything I do. And that's insights and imagination. Hmm. Anyone who has some fundamental insights about something, whatever it is that's going on, and then applies the imagination and creativity to do something about it is the most valuable person in my eyes. Mm, that's great. What is one thing you would like to do this year that you've never done before? I would like to publish a book. Oh. I haven't published a book yet. Okay. And I have amazing ideas all pulled together to really publish. But that's a tall order for me, given the schedule that I have. But I haven't, I haven't given up on that, though. Okay. Don't give up on that. I'd like to see that one day. Siraj, thank you so much for being here. This was an incredible show. Learned so much. Um, and we really appreciate you taking the time. Of course, Jeremy, thank you so much. I really appreciate and enjoyed the discussion. Indeed. Take care. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. 
You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.